0: into the my me, to this. It is Monday the 31st of May. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host and of course rock and roll superstar through the ages Shane Lee. You've been to a concert. What's what's going on? It's it's great to have music live music back.
1: Live music is back, mate. And I went to see Steve bowby uh, the bass player from oh. Noise Works release his new album on the weekend. But I went with three really good mates, Richard Chekwe, Phil Emery and Simon Cook and uh Yeah, it was lovely to see live music, mate, back out there. And um, I tell you what, his new album, Steve Balby's new album is an absolute cracker.
0: They're three of the nicest blokes in cricket too, absolute legends. All right, we've got a big show on the way today. We are going to talk to Steve Gillis, manager to the stars in the NRL, including Jack DeBellin, who is now free to play. Also, all the latest in the AFL, Sydney Swans. What about them? Drew Jones from Fox Sports News is with us. So, Shane, look, this is an enormous story, this rugby league story. Twelve months ago, Peter Velandis was the white knight charging ahead, keeping the game going. Now there seems a lot of people, including many of the senior players invested in the game, very unhappy to the point where they don't want him in the job.
1: Yeah, well, I'd be very unhappy too if I was a player and you're playing with, with your livelihood. Um, he's very, very bullish, isn't he? And he's not, not taking a backward step at all. But, uh, yeah, some senior players now are asking questions and, and demanding some, some answers because, you know, if you take away uh, a player's livelihood – um, then they're not going to be happy, mate, and particularly um, the chance to represent at, uh, you know, the state of origin level and for Australia as well.
0: It's a different game too. Isn't it? It's very different to horse racing. There's so many more invested people. And, look, we've seen some games. I get what they're trying to do, and, and you know, they need to clean up high shots, but it needs to be done in a in a consultative matter. You need to speak to the major stars and get people involved. It's, it's not something that you can just do with a stroke no, of a pen. No, that's 100% correct, Tim. And um, the,
1: the fact that you're doing it during the season and just on the fly is, is a bit ridiculous, I think. And and don't forget the, the the people who are going to the games as well who who pay their money to, to walk through the turnstiles and they might, might want to see their, 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 um, their favourite player and all of a sudden he's been sent off for a for an alleged high tackle. Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous, I think.
0: Yeah, there's been a few games that have been completely sabotaged. Hopefully they'll get it right, but I reckon that there's going to be a bit of drama over the next few weeks in and around that space. What about Naomi Osaka talking about drama? There's tennis officials saying that she could be kicked out of the French Open if she doesn't uh, get it straight on this media ban. Remember, we came out last week on the show and said how she had banned media conferences for her own mental health.
1: Yeah, I think this is ridiculous as well. And I think the fact that, look, Naomi has um, every right to to not stand and go to a um, a, a media conference, but you, you can't take the prize money as well. You can't take uh, money off endorsements, um, and, and you can't expect to uh, to earn money during the tournament because it's driven by the media. Um, it's driven by the people who come through the turnstiles once again. Um, she needs to get there and do a thing. It's part of a contract, simple as that.
0: Yeah, and imagine if every player did it. It's, it's untenable. So, yeah, uh, Naomi Osaka already has copped a fine. I mean, for these uh, sports people in tennis that have success, any sort of fine, they take straight out of their ashtray and flip it at them. But it's more the whole idea of the threat that uh, they could kick her out. All right, afternoon sport. Jack DeBellin, free to play, and he played a reserve grade game on the weekend. We have his manager, of course, the NRL's number one rugby league manager, Steve Gillis, next. To talk rugby league and Stephen Gillis, uh, look what an extraordinary two and a half years for you, of course, as the manager of Jack DeBellin, free to play. How did he go on the weekend?
2: Uh, yeah, I went and watched him. Tim and he went. He went quite well. Obviously, uh, a little bit gassed early, getting used to the pace of the game, but um, he did his job and, and got through a fair amount of time, mate, and looked very happy to be back. So, I was very happy for him. Steve, a nice little
1: article in the paper about you saying you're one of the very few uh, player agents actually stuck by a guy who was in his trouble for the whole time. So well done on that, mate. But um, another guy who's in a bit, a bit of trouble at the moment is Volandis. Apparently, senior players coming out saying
2: they want to get rid of him. Yeah, Shane, look, I, I haven't spoken to any senior players or, or players at all personally regarding this matter. It's probably something that I'll um, I'll have a look at today and make a few calls. Obviously, Peter's done... Yeah, an amazing job since he's been in charge. And um, I guess at the end of the day, all all the players are looking for is a little bit more communication. Look, I don't think it's uh, an insurmountable problem. I'm sure it can be uh, addressed and corrected. I know Peter's very much a can do man and and likes to get things done. And I guess the game's very, very lucky that um, someone like that is in charge because we have gone
0: pretty slow over the years. But, but, but as I said, mate, I think the players, all they're looking for is more inclusion. Mm. That's, that's the thing. Look, he's got a bit of a bash and barge through mentality with the way he, 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 he rules, and he's done an amazing job uh, in his time at Racing New South Wales and so far at the NRL. But the problem is here is that you've got a lot of invested people, and a lot of people are on your books, a lot of players on your books, and they're a lot more aware of, their, of, of what their obligations and what they're doing than, say, players from the past, and they, they want to know. Yeah, the Look, game, the game's faster and just as tough as it's ever been, and and the
2: body takes its toll. And you now the average number of games for an NRL player is around fifty. So most NRL players pump out about two seasons worth of, of footy. Now Cameron Smith's obviously an exception, and, and guys like that. But it's a very very short career span, and. If the players are concerned about about something, I, I, you know, obviously they're entitled to be heard. But it's
1: good to see young Sawali scored his first try in the NRL in the weekend. The Roosters dominating the Raiders, forty-four to sixteen. But it's good to see the a young player not only set up a try but score his first try. It was
2: great to watch. Yeah, it looks looks a great prospect. Shane, there's obviously we're, we're, we're blessed. There's there's you know, half a dozen young superstars jumping out of the ground at the moment. We're obviously. Very very lucky to have them coming through, and you know, obviously the rugby league production line is is working well. I mean, week after week, we keep seeing these young kids emerge
0: and uh, outstanding talent. So very very um, exciting from a future viewpoint. With the Jack DeBellin story, Steve, it's been a remarkable yarn. It's 2018 since he's played. It says he's lost around a million dollars. How do you reflect on? I know it's pretty quick to reflect, but how do you look back at that time? Uh, he must have had some highs and lows. He, he overcame cancer. Uh, he had children. Yeah, probably more frustration than anything,
2: Tim. I mean, along the way, so many things went against him constantly. You know, hung juries and and um, uh, no fault stand down uh, court decisions and and uh, all those sorts of things. But uh, he, he was uh, extremely resilient, but probably frustration more than anything. But it is what it is, mate. It, it, you know, it, you, you can only play what's in front of you. And uh, Jack just put his head down and, and, and kept kept churning. And, uh, you know, finally he gets a chance to, to come back and get on with his life. Do you think he'll get back to the top? Oh, uh, knowing the guys I do, Shane, I've, I've got no doubt he'll play NRL most likely sooner rather than later. Uh, I also believe he's got the, you know, the ability to go on and, and play rep footy again. Uh, there's no rush, and Jack knows that. We all know that. But uh, look, I, I think we probably undervalue what he's already done. Come out and played last weekend after two and a half years out, and is
0: now knocking on the door for NRL. So whatever he does, uh, I think is in, an incredible achievement. Is he is he the guy? Is he the type of guy that gets bitter, or he's, a, he's a, he, he can brush past things?
2: Oh, he's extremely resilient, Tim. He he's a little bit different. He reads books and he meditates and he does jujitsu, all all the type of things that, that we all mm. do. <laughs> and he he's just different. He's he's incredibly mentally strong and he can focus and he you know, he, he, he fasts and he diets and he works hard and um and, you know, he he'll leave no stone unturned to uh, to be as good as he can be in the
0: next next phase of his career Timmy do you meditate mate? I do actually that's one thing of those <laughs> that, that that group I do <laughs> like to do I like to get a little bit of uh, centeredness but um, one day I'll talk, tell you all about that it's, it's a really good actually when there's noise around you just to quieten your world because I've got a, I've got a thousand voices in my head I'm a bit like Sybil uh, but um, uh, Stephen <laughs> just, just in, in closing what do you make of these uh, two origin teams look despite all the, the, the talk and players being unavailable unavail- they, they look strong Wrong, don't they?
2: Yeah, it's going to be a cracking game. It's going to be extremely quick. Uh, hopefully, it won't be affected by refereeing decisions. Mm. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, and uh, look, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be physical within the rules, but it, it's going to be uh, a, a very intriguing contest. And, and I, I don't think there's much between the sides. You know, obviously, you start well, you get out of the blocks, you're, you're a huge chance of winning game
0: one. Well, we know that you're uh, actually just diverted to the unused steam room at the gym to come and do this interview, and we really appreciate that. So let's get back to your burpees and your star jumps and your cuff raises, and um, get back to your gym work, and we will talk to you real soon on Afternoon Sport.
2: Jim, just before I go, Shane, how's our soccer player, mate? He hasn't signed anything with anyone yet, has he?
1: He hasn't signed anything yet, mate. He uh, he followed up his 35 goals two weeks ago with, with another eight last weekend, so he's he's tracking well, mate.
2: Okay, well, don't <laughs> let him sign me. I'll be
0: over in half an hour. See you soon, mate. <laughs> Thanks, See you. Bye bye. Mate. bye. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, all the latest in the AFL. There's former stars saying rules must be changed. Upsets all over the place. From Fox Sports News, it's Drew Jones. PlaySport is calling Game On for a new way to play. A free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and wellbeing activities in your community. Just go to PlaySport.com. PlaySport, whatever moves you. to talk AFL and our man, of course, Fox Sports News, Drew Jones. Jonesy, how are you going in lockdown, mate? We are thinking of you and all our Melbourne brothers and sisters at the moment.
3: Hello, gents. Yeah, getting there. Mask has been planted to the face for a couple of days. Um, but yeah, the footy over the weekend helps. Uh, and yeah, keep the sport rolling. We've got NBA and NHL to keep me occupied through the week as well.
1: Now the Bulldogs, we expected the Bulldogs to give Melbourne a bit more of a go than they did. Uh, Melbourne dominated by 87 to 59. It was a great game of footy.
3: Yeah, well, I think it was clearly the Bulldogs' worst performance mm. of the season. Um, but it was yeah, really great to watch Melbourne's defensive, well, sort of that new defensive mindset, which has become so prevalent for them this season. It worked against one of the best attacking teams in the competition. Watching the mm. Dogs play this season, has been an absolute pleasure because of how well they move the ball. And they've got so many star players and great ball users. And the dogs are a really pleasing team to watch. Well, the demons shut that all down. They, weren't, they didn't allow them to go through the corridor. The breakdown that Fox Footy did on the coverage was really good. It gave everyone an idea of what the demons were doing and it worked really well. So the D's took their chances going forward broke down the way that the dogs like to move the ball. Mm. Um, and there's there's your recipe for success. So um, the Demons show, you know, if we didn't already know, that they're absolutely the real deal. They can beat the best teams in the competition. They've got the game plan to do it. Um, and there was a great article um, over the weekend, which I read by Mick Gleeson, talking about how the D's went to Greg Stafford's farm, um, who lives in the Mornington Peninsula mm. during the preseason. They all sunk a few cans. You know, got the bonfire going and had some really honest conversations that players were essentially being selfish in years gone past and they cared about their own personal gains, um, possessions, Brownlow votes, all that sort of thing. They've chucked that out and they, they're all playing their role now. And it means mm. they're one of the premiership favorites.
0: The other thing that really caught my eye on the weekend and not just mine was Brisbane's win. Uh, Chris Fagan, I've read a lot about him and spoken to people. He He is a, very good coach. He's not a guy that played at the highest level, came out of Tasmania, but uh, he is a leader of men. And we saw that last year through COVID as well.
3: Yeah, he's a, an expert delegator. He's not going to stand there and do technical training with players one-on-one um, you know, for a main, a main training session or skill session, but he can run a football program. And he's been able to get people in place with the skills that perhaps he doesn't have But then what he doesn't have in terms of playing experience at the highest level, he makes up for in many other areas. He's got a school teaching background. Uh, He understands how to get his message across to the players. And he's a father figure to a lot of them um, and certainly a a mentor for all of them. And you watch the way that he interacts with them. um, It's a joy to watch and they clearly love him and it's having a massive effect on their football. You know, The Lions were in a pretty bad place Mm. before Chris Fagan took over Players were leaving. Players didn't want to go there. Um, But, you know, the glory days are very much back for the Brisbane Lions. They've got a a great core of young players. They're attracting free agents. They're winning games of footy. Seven in a row is nothing to sneeze at, particularly after what was a difficult start to the season for them being stuck in Melbourne a little bit, a couple of close losses. So um, I would say absolutely up there with the premiership fancies. And if they keep playing this way, um, then they're a real
1: shot. That's for sure. Adelaide gave Richmond a real scare. Um, Tex Walker, who's having a fantastic season for the Crows, came out, kicked three early goals, and uh, but Richmond just wearing Adelaide down
3: the end, 111 to 83. Yeah, B class back into the Tigers' lineup helps having Cochin, Prestia, yep. and Bolton back, um, and they've got plenty of character. We know the Tigers have got Ticker, um, but we're seeing probably that Adelaide are uh, a bit further ahead than what we thought. You know, they, want, they yeah. lost 14 games in a row or something to that sort of tune last year uh, and really struggled. But the young players have come on well. Matthew Nix can clearly coach. So, you know, the Crows aren't too far away. They get a few more high draft picks this season and they'll be right back in the mix, you know, in one or two years' time.
0: A few real critics of the the man on the mark rule.
3: Yeah, so David King, um, who's been a massive supporter of the stand rule to open up the game, one of the things that we really noticed over the weekend that's probably been creeping in for a few weeks is how quickly the umpires are now willing to call play on um, when a player has taken a mark and goes back. So even if almost they're looking side to side, not moving, the umpire will call play on um, maybe even if they feign a handball or a kick but don't go off their line. It's a real technical sort of, you know, uh, what's the right word for it? You know, it, it's like... A ticky touchwood almost, you know, mm-hmm. like it, but it is important because it, it stops players being able to hit up targets well. They just have to dump the ball long if they're called to play on. So, um, King, you not happy about it because, you know, it's opened up the game so well. We don't need to even it out. I think it's happy. We're happy leaving it at how it was at the start of the season. Mate, the Swans are having a, a fantastic season. At the start of the year,
1: we thought they probably won't win many games at all. Then they had some really big upsets, and now they're having these real hard fought wins against, you know, the likes of Carlton. The hundred to seventy eight in the weekend, but a great, real hard,
3: hard fought win, wasn't it? Yeah, you've, you've summed that up really well, Shano. they've shown early they've got the talent, and mm. now they're showing that they've got substance as well. So. A lot to like about the Swans. Um, Carlton started like a house on fire. And the Blues have been threatening to take a scalp for a a little while. They're not quite there yet, um, but they're not a bad football team, the Blues. Mm. Um, And the Swans had to use all of their, you know, show all their metal yesterday to make sure they get the job done. Um, And they continue to do so. But, you know, they're going to play finals. It's just a question of how high can they finish. They've got a couple of winnable games coming up before the bye, and then they'll be tested and they've got Brisbane, West Coast and a couple of other big teams through that middle part of the season. So it's going to be fascinating to see where they land because they're playing really great footy.
0: There was only 10 points in it, but Collingwood again going down by 10 to Geelong. Look, it's hard to think that Nathan Buckley can be there next year.
3: Yeah, unless the board have really reset their expectations and goals um, or unless Jeff Brown, who is sort of widely tipped to take the presidency off Mark Corder. He may have already decided that he wants Nathan Buckley to be coach going forward, or he may have already decided the other. But he will have a massive say if he comes in as president as to where they go next. Um, but they're pretty hard to watch. Like the first half against Geelong was was a, a real slugfest. Yeah. But just the way that Conwood moved the ball, um, their attacking instincts seem to have been just blunted so much. That's probably one thing that counts against Bucks is that, you know, you want to be able to watch your team and have hope and enjoy the experience. It's hard to do that with a Collingwood, you know, with Collingwood at the moment, you know, they're not winning games and they're also not playing attractive footy, which is not a great combo. Mate, and you look at the players.
1: It just in their eyes, you can see they don't know what to do, and they're almost hoping that at the end of the season it gets here faster than than it is, mate. They look really disillusioned.
3: Yeah, well, unfortunately, there's still a long way to yep. go, and there doesn't seem to be many winnable games on the horizon for the Pies. So it's going to be a long year.
0: Yeah, long cold winter. Drew Jones, good to talk to you, mate. Uh, we'll talk to you a little later on, and uh, hopefully, when those masks are being put back in the cupboard. Thanks, boys. Okay, mate. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. Big thank you today, of course, to Steve Gillis and to Drew Jones and to Spartan Sports, Shane. www.spartansportshq.com And, of course, thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take
1: care.